Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Work or Not with Jay and MJ. I'm Jay. I'm MJ. Okay, so you guys, <laughs> we cannot stop doing this. This is the worst year for our podcast, dude. There, there's been so much like moving outside of the podcast with our like our regular jobs and family and everything that it's just we have not well even our own personal lives like we just cannot drill in and do a set schedule it seems like well yesterday was like out of our control we had technical difficulties yes um our equipment needed like a system update and it was like that's dumb so it's fine we are here with our last episode of 2023 yay um and yeah, I'm excited because we can take a break and then we can come back next year with our newly updated schedule and really like hit the ground running. I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now to make sure that happens. Agreed. Agree. Yeah. Um, so uh, today, you guys, we are going to discuss uh, my belated birthday trip to Chicago. Yes. And. MJ has seen Love Actually for the first time ever. So we're going to discuss that, and we're going to review a new show for you guys. What's that, MJ? Um, the most gay-inclusive show I've ever seen in my life, Fellow Travelers. I mean, not in your life. You've seen Queer as Folk, so. True, I guess. So I, guess you could, I guess you could say, in, in recent memory. V- true, I guess, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. So, I, I mean, let's discuss, like, Love Actually. So this movie, I've seen it once. For those of you who don't know, it came out in 2003, so it's, it literally hit its 20-year anniversary this year. Which is why it was back in theaters, um, which is where me and Emily went to see it. Yeah, and it's got, you know, all the people. It's got Hugh Grant, it's got Emma Thompson, Colin Firth, Earth, um, Aaron Knightley. Well, it's yeah. got a very young Andrew Lincoln pre- you know, Walking Dead, you know. Well, Keira Knightley at the age of 18, it had, and then when Alan Rickman's name popped up, even, like, Emily and I did not yeah, know he was in this, and we were just like, we looked at each other and go, oh, Professor Snape. Yeah, like, this movie was like, I think this movie was, was like the catalyst for all those others, like, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, New Christmas Year's Eve, Day, where, he's just not that yeah, idiot. Yeah, where they just have, where they just put, like, 15 people in 15 big names in a movie and give them all exactly four minutes of screen time. So, well, and honestly, I, I don't dislike those movies. I go in knowing what to expect that it's never going to be great, especially if all those big names normally. Um, but I will yeah. say out of everything I watched, like all those movies, this might've been my favorite one of this kind of like assortment cast. And I think it's because it was the first one that I know was done and it was done well. Personally, I think. Mm. Yeah, cool. Uh, I was just like, I, I think, I think I remember it, and I remember, it, I remember it being like, I think I remember being annoyed. Well, with like, not like not necessarily the unrealism of it, but yeah, it was fully unrealistic. I was annoyed by it. I think these people weren't like these people were not. I don't know. I just think I, I don't think I liked. It. I, I just think I hated it. Well, let me put it <laughs> this way. I've only seen it once. I've only seen it once, and I think I hated it. Let me put it this way. Um, Alan Rickman and his wife's there, like, where he's kind of thinking about cheating on her with his secretary because they're an older couple, and, you know, the flame may have died down a little bit. They've got two kids. That I find completely plausible. That one, I was like, I, I see this happening. 
But then the one with um, Liam Neeson and where his wife had just passed away and he's the stepdad to blah, blah, blah. I forget the kid's name. Um, And he helps him work through his like issues and the kid learns drums in like three days to impress a girl that he's had an entire year to talk to. But he knows like drums, that's the way to do it when we play an instrument. (laughs) And then the Keira Knightley one, that's the one that got me because... The whole time I was sitting there, I was like, oh, he has a crush on the dude. But then he like, you find out later on that he has a crush on Keira Knightley. And I'm just thinking, where did this come from? I mean, you, you've said throughout the entire movie multiple times, you don't talk. You're not close. What do you honestly know about her besides that she's stunningly attractive? Like, why do you love her, quote unquote, unconditionally like this? Yeah, and Colin Firth falling in love with his secretary that's like, doesn't speak any English or whatever. I'm like, it was his, it was his, it was his house cleaner. It wasn't his secretary house cleaner. Well, whatever. Like it is like, this is just dumb. Like, I don't, I think I ever watched this movie. I I honestly remember this movie being three hours long or like two and a half, but it's only two hours and nine minutes. So I'm like, that must really like, that's something that I remember this movie being horrendously long. Like I was at a commission obviously for my surgery and i was like i watched love actually i got two minutes and i was like this is bullshit i'm not watching this fucking movie it, it wasn't it was not terribly long again it was the first time i've seen it so i chuckled at the appropriate times i think hugh grant playing the prime minister that whole little whatever was funny and then billy bob thornton randomly showing up to be the u.s president which at that time would have been bush jr was hilarious to me mm. so like it just it you hit see, uh, Go ahead. It, it just hit the right way. Okay, I mean, good for you. Well, did it, you see Martin Freeman from uh from Mar- from Marvel fame? No, Martin Freeman. What was he in the movie of of Marvel fame? I don't know. Some guy. No, I don't remember. Do you know, Mar- do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know who Martin Freeman is? Key picture the face, I guess. Was he Karen Knightley's husband? Oh, I can know. That might have been who it was. Uh, I don't know, that, but do you know who Martin? You know, talking about when I say Martin Freeman. Um, I no, off the top of my head, I the I can picture like the image of like he was the in, person. He was, in, he was in all the Sherlock movies. Sherlock, Sherlock. Which oh was yeah. He, okay, no, no, no. He was the random and, guy who was like they were staging for the pornos, and he had to get the lighting correct with the girls. So he was always naked with that with, with just Judy. Yeah, that's him. That guy. Yes. Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, I will say the only thing that really did kind of make this hilarious was so we went. It again. It's the twentieth anniversary. It came out in two thousand three. On our ticket, it says "Love Actually" twentieth anniversary. There were two older women sitting in the same row as Emily and I, and after the movie, they were like, "Oh, stay around for some extra content." So we stayed around, and they played a couple scenes from like the like behind the scenes stuff you would get on a normal DVD if people remember what Mm. those are. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And they had this one part where the little kid who was Liam Neeson's son was all grown up now. And he was kind of giving a little feedback about what it was like working with Liam Neeson, what it was like working with the directors and people and the people who were next to us, the two women, they were like, huh, maybe this movie was shot a while ago because that kid looks a lot older than he did in the movie. Which kid? Sorry, I missed it. The, the, the little kid, the one who like learned the drums, who was Liam Neeson's stepson. 
He was in like oh, the, the black kid. Yeah, he in the extra credits. Yeah, he, he was. He was like eleven in the movie, and he was obviously like twenty three in this like after credit scene. And these women are like, "Huh, I wonder why he's so much older." Was this movie shot a while ago? I'm like, it says it twentieth anniversary on your ticket. Did you not read what you were coming to? No, they didn't read. Uh, actually, <laughs> with the Game of Thrones, remember? Was he? Yeah. He well, was with um he was with Brand and the girl like with the three hour raven and all that bullshit. Yeah. Oh, that was him. Yeah, he was in he was in all the Maze Runners. Uh see, so yeah, um, I knew the Maze Runner because I, I I remember that face, but I did not remember Game of Thrones because I don't watch that season very often where they're up in the three eyed raven learning teaching Brand how to be that spoiler by the way. Season five. He's also in the recent show. I think it's on Netflix called The Artful Dodger. I just saw that pop up as a recommendation the other day. I have yeah. no idea what it's about. That kid gets around, like in a good way. Well, I, I mean, yeah. either way, you say that it's a good way. I mean, good for him if he gets around in either of the getting around types, you know, of the sense of the word. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's the voice of Ferb. No. Yeah. Wow, oh, that's, that's cute. That's cool. The things Who knew? Look I, at that cool exactly. <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, love actually, great, shitty movie, great job. It was it, it was not a great movie, but it was not a bad movie. Yeah, I just think I find it pretty boring. But again, that's me. Um, um so yeah, I was in Chicago this weekend. Yeah, Regalus with it was your birthday trip with Shay. I, yeah, and, and yeah. it's the first time in Chicago since we went that, that that February, the February of the year of COVID, the February of our Lord. <laughs> I say, don't, don't get me wrong, I, I'm, I'm not jealous by any means that you went without me, but it's fine. Yeah, I was like, I was like, it has been like, what is it, one, two, three, almost four years since we've been there. It's, it's and, been a minute. Um, yeah, the weather wasn't horrible. Um, it could have been, it could have been worse. So I'll say that. Do they have but, those watch out for falling icicle signs everywhere again? No, it's not cold. It wasn't that cold. Oh, that's good. I mean, it did rain Saturday, but we like made that a, a, a uh, museum day. We went to the Museum of Science and Industry. And was it interesting? It sounds interesting. It was. It's just here's the thing about museums. <laughs> Please um, inform me. I think I think it'd be dedicated times where children are there because mm. it is so hard to like go to your museum and enjoy any museum when there's kids who won't get the fuck out of your way or who have no fucking manners or whose parents are like, check the fuck out. Like it's hard to enjoy anything. Okay. Let, let me ask. And I think because, I've asked you this before. Yeah. Are you the one who reads all the yeah. plaques and takes your time? No, I'll, I'll I'll read some. I'll read to get to get the gist. It depends on how many plaques. If it's a lot of plaques, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, you know, I'll, I'll read, and that's not the stuff I have a problem with. It's when it's like, like this is a very interactive museum, and you can't do any of the interactive shit because kids won't oh, let you do anything. Like, so like the exhibits are like, okay. Like, it's not like the children's science museum that we have here. I get it. I'm not going to do any that shit because it's for children. It's meant to be. That's fine. And there's probably but, COVID and pink eye everywhere. <laughs> but there was like a whole room that was like storms, about science and storms. Mm-hmm. And there was like a little, a little thing where you could try to create a tsunami. 
like using like these like using like these levers or stuff. And I was like, oh, that would be cool. I wonder if I could use that. No, you can't because these kids were all over it. They were fighting over it. And then you know, I was like, well, I'll wait a few minutes, wait five minutes, and you just can't. You just can't. You you really can't do anything mm-hmm. because there's just too many fucking kids around. So I'm like, can we like have like adult times only? Like that would be nice. <laughs> like adult only resorts. You want adult only museum times? I, I think it'd be nice because you really, you really can't get a museum experience where there's a where there's just any kids around. Like you really, really can't. Well, it's and, impossible. And it, and trust me, if you go with a child, because we've taken our niece or we've gone with our niece and nephew to the science museum here in town, it's literally you're watching them the whole time. You don't get to experience any of the museum. I don't get to experience the museum. I don't even have any fucking kids. Like these, these kids ain't mine. Why, why is my experience hampered because these kids are here? <laughs> why can't I fully experience? I mean, it's, it, I mean, I, I know I'm complaining right now, but but, it, but it's a very valid like complaint of like i came here to learn and i came here to do things but i can't do anything yeah because there's literally there's literally just rude kids who are pushing past me who are stepping on my feet who are fighting over you know the interactive shit that you can never do like this girl like this one girl man and his girlfriend i I think girl man probably in his 20s like late 20s yeah they were like they were like there's this thing where you would spin and you would spin this thing, and it was showing how sand dunes move, and this big, huge, like, look, a big bowl of sand. Mm-hmm. It was actually really cool, and, you know, you kind of turn it slower or faster, and it shows you what it does, you know? And he was like, he, he had gotten on there, and I was like, oh, this would be cool. So I was like, there's not really a lot of kids around this one, so I was standing there behind him. You know, we were like, maybe we'll do it, and these kids were standing there next to us, and... They finally, they came up while he was doing it. And this kid was like, well, I want to do it. And I'm almost like, well, you have to wait. And he was like, well, I don't want to wait. Like, why do we have to do this? He was like, he's still on it. He's taking, like, he, the kid kept making these comments like, well, he's still using it. And it's like, and the guy finally just like, he looked up, he like rolled his eyes, just left. And I was like, well, you can't, and then the kid jumped in front of me and jumped right on it. And I was like, and the parent just didn't even acknowledge me, didn't do anything. And I'm like, this is what's fucking stupid. Like, this is what's annoying. Well, and I feel like most parents who go to museums like that with their kid assume anybody of an older age group isn't there to do the interactive stuff, that that's for the kids. So that's probably but what you're watching. Right. Yeah. But see, some of this stuff was like, I look at this, I, I understand now when you go to museums that have interactive shit, I understand now why half that shit doesn't work. It's because parents let their kids do whatever the fuck they want. Because there oh, was yeah. one exhibit where you had to create a funnel with like, it was like these little glass tubes. He had to adjust the doors on his glass tube to like create a funnel. Mm-hmm. And the thing was tall. And it was like, it was like waist tight for me where the table is. And I'm like, this obviously wasn't built for children to fuck around with because kids are barely tall enough to even reach up, reach this thing. But they were all like, <laughs> fuck with this bullshit. And I'm like, you know, this is why shit doesn't work. I love and then the parents are just letting them. I'm like, can you guys get your fucking kids? Like, I don't know. Sorry. I don't uh, mean to take up that. No, I, I, I love the fact that we're like, we're, it's a whole weekend trip and you take five minutes to describe your disappointment in a museum trip or museum like visit for what, three hours? It was a cute museum. I mean, we, we honestly were trying to leave. Yeah. And we got, we got, we turned around a quarter. We were like, what the fuck is this? We end up in a big room with like, with like a U boat. What? Like, it was like an actual US U boat, like a whole U boat. Interesting. Like it is, um, it was wild. I was like, oh my God, what is this? We were like, what is this U boat all about? I think it was, I don't think it was a U boat. I think it was the thing that like killed the U boats or like 
um, I don't remember. It like it was like the thing that America was supposed to kind of get rid of the U boat. No, it's like an actual underwater submarine. It's like a submarine with yeah. like a top. Oh, oh but yeah, I forgot I, what it was called. I'm I mean, sorry. I mean, U boat is going to be the what the German like yeah. that side, and I I think ours are just called submarines. I don't remember any other names. I I don't specifically for them. Yeah, I forgot what it was called, but no, it was a good like, it was a really cute um thing. So I liked it. So it was, it was cute. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sorry, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday, we went to the um a drag show. Oh, a drag brunch. Yes, the videos you sent me. Just I'm just gonna shut up and let you explain. I'm not even gonna interrupt you. No, it was just like I mean I've been to one in Louisville. And it's fine. Oh, it was the U five hundred five submarine. Mm, okay, is is what it was. And it's like the like the actual submarine was there, and it's like fucking humongous. But um, but yeah, it was like we went, and I was a little dicey because we went in. They had us go in this waiting room, and this waiting room basically had no heat. It had a, it had a fireplace. I've never stood next to a fireplace where I couldn't feel the fire. Oh, at the and drag it was brunch. actual fire. Yeah, like in this little waiting room, and I was mm. like, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. And we get into the room, and then they see all of us. And I'm like, okay, it's still a little cool in here, but, you know, it's whatever. Um, but it was super well lit. We had a nice table. Um, it is very much like they bring you out, like they bring out a plate of fruit first. Like, they set, they set, obviously, they set the jugs and mimosas and stuff like that on there. It's included. Yeah. And you can get any other drink that's included. And they gave us, like, a, a big plate of fruit, which was cool. And then I think the next thing they came up was like avocado toast, which was nice. And then they brought out like, like plates of like hash browns, bacon, sausage, you know. <laughs> then they eggs. brought out the real um, sausage. Oh yeah. And then they do little like these little donut holes that were like sugary and had like dipping sauce. So it was like I mean the food was actually pretty okay. Okay. Uh, which is what I was worried about. But these queens were amazing. When I tell you they were hanging from the rafters. You sent me a picture uh, what, what, of them what, what, literally hanging from the rafters. Yeah, like she was hanging from the rafters upside down. What? What? They had a couple of uh, performers that were that were male, but they were dressed, you know, in a feminine way. Mm-hmm. Um, and this dude was doing like handstands on stools, and then did a split off. Like I was like, this dude is not. This, this dude ripped this place apart and burnt it down. Look, Could I understand why it's cool now. If he's been doing that, you need to have it cool so they don't overheat. And see, and see, I I went to one in Louisville before. Like I've been to the one here. Um, was it here? Yeah, I've been, I've been to two here. I went to one, and I was like, these queens are so drunk. And oh, sure. You could tell they were drunk, and it was it, it was sloppy. And the second one I went to, the queens were actually pretty good, but I just thought the food was lackluster, mm. and I didn't think the price. I was the price. I'll say it, it was at Lemu. I think the price that you pay for Lemu Dry Brunch isn't enough. I think what you get isn't enough. So your ROI, uh, I, I your mean, return it, on investment, it, like like what you pay, you don't feel like you got the quality of that show. I feel like the queens were pretty good quality. I think for me, I'm like I'm also paying for food. Yeah. The food is also there as well. The food was literally just okay. And the other thing about it was like I didn't like if I'm coming like this place was like he our waiter came back go hey here remote there's a full bottle of champagne in here I will refill this as the day goes on as you drink it I'm like cool. At Lamu was like, okay, here's your remote. like, I, I believe they're pre-poured. We're like, well, do you guys like, they don't do bottomless. 
And then if you want extra pay, you got to buy a whole other bottle on top of like the 50 or 60 bucks you paid just to do the drug brunch. Oh, no, see, that's an, I thought all drag brunches should be bottomless mimosas, hands down. There are no bottomless, there are no bottomless brunches in Louisville, period, from what I, from what I, if I remember correctly. It's another strike against the city. But, I don't understand it. Yeah, but the Queens are, but the, when we went, the Queens were, were, were good. But this one was like, we saw a little, a little thing on the wall that said eighth best brunch drag show in the nation. We were like, what the fuck did the other seven do? Where are they? What are they doing? This I, is the eighth? What I want to know is this okay, is number eight. <laughs> so let me let me ask a question, and this is where I think I even made this comment to you this weekend. We don't ever go during the week to Chicago, and all of the drag shows in Chicago are normally during the week, correct? Say what now? Like we've never been out on a weekday, and most drag shows in Chicago are done on a weeknight, like not on the weekends, because normally when we go on the weekends. The clubs are popping. The drag queens are walking through, but there's never like a performance. There's never a stage and a show. So I've never actually, oh, sort of like them actually, DJing. I've never seen them perform. So I don't know any of the Chicago drag queens. Well, they were. I, 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 if I'm correct, what I've learned, I think that I think the drag brunch circuit and the drag queen and club circuit are two different things almost. Oh. Because I've never seen a play drag queen at a drag brunch. I did not know that. I don't know if it's the real thing, but I've noticed. I'm like, oh, if it's drag brunch, then obviously some play queens are going to be there. Nope. I've well, never seen a play and queen. And I feel there. like play queens here in town, not to be like elitist, because oh, they like you know have what? people travel in. I feel like they might contract with them, so they can't do other things. I think they contract their, their performers and say you can't do other things. That might be why. Yeah. But I regardless, that, yeah. Um, we did see a show. At, we did see some drag at Roscoe's. They had like 15 different drag queens to performance or whatever, but none of them were at the drag brunch either. So who knows? But it was fun. Regardless, it was a fun trip. Um, I had a good time. It was a really, really good drag brunch. Um, spent some money. The weather wasn't dicey. Had some great dinners. Went to a, a Korean um, barbecue place called Perilla, which was really good. We're no longer friends. And then we also went to um, we also went to Ramen San, which is like they had like four or five different locations. But it was a really cute joint, and their ramen was pretty good. So yeah, really cool, really nice place. Well, next time we go, I expect you to book a um, drag show or a drag brunch for you and I. I probably expect this place. Like, it was really good. I, I, I have, let me put it this way. I've never been to a drag brunch. Yeah, and, I, and, and, and to be fair, because of lack of options, I really do think Lemieux is actually is, is, is good. So we'll have to go. Um, and maybe they've updated things. I haven't been in like a year or two, so we'll see. Well, and I feel like most of the ones that I've heard uh, have gone to Lamu, they they pretty much just say get sloshed and just enjoy it. So like, just drink heavily. I mean, if you can without having to pay us your money, I guess that's true. So, you know, but we had a good time. Um, you know what? I think it's time for this week's review, don't you? I do. Stay tuned for butt sex, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, let me correct what we just heard. Yes, there is going to be a lot of that topic in the show, but this week we are reviewing Showtime Original based off of a book, uh, Fellow Travelers. Don't correct me. Don't be like, I'm going to correct you. Don't correct me. Look, let's just add like Fellow Travelers subtitle, lots of butt sex. 
I mean, I was just going to say, don't, don't, don't correct me. Black people have gone through enough people trying to correct and say what, trying to correct and, and shake what they say. I don't need you to do it too, sir. Well, but we got to make sure we get the actual show's name in there. Bill Travelers, colon, but six. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> colon. Nice. You're welcome. You're welcome for that. Um, uh, so, if I had to tell you what Fellow Travelers is about, I would say that Fellow Travelers follows two men who are two men who are working in political spaces throughout the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and how their lives change over that 40-year span. Uh, I mean, yes, that's literally the exact... I mean, not exactly. Like, it doesn't say 40, but it says, follows the lives of volatile romance of two different men through purges, wars, protests, and plagues, overcoming obstacles in the world. Now, I did read one earlier where it said two closeted men, and I guess they were for most of the show, yeah, 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 Matt Bomer's got a special place in my heart. And your loins. Yeah, probably. Um, But Matt Matt Bomer plays Hawkins, or his, like, nickname, Hawk, throughout the show. Um, He's a warrior. Hawkins Fuller, that name. Can we talk about that name? Did you know Matt Bomer's 46? Yeah, I looked that up because we were going through, like, Emily watched the last few episodes with me. Um, And, again, not to spoil, but, like, the one where they're on Fire Island. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, which was like in 80 something, like 87, 85, where Hawkins. No, that was in the 70s. Was it? Okay, but still, Hawkins should have been around like 35 to 45 in there somewhere. I'm like, he looked good for 45. I'm like, I don't think he'll look like that when he's actually that age. So I had to look up how old Matt Bomer was. And I'm like, he's actually older than 45. <laughs> yeah, he's a hot. Um, but yeah, so Hawkins Fuller. Yes. Is, yeah, you were explaining. Go ahead. Oh, he is a war vet who I guess mm-hmm. fought in World War One in Italy. Two. World War Two. So, but wasn't World War Two going on at the, or was it the Cold War during McCarthy? It was McCarthyism was like the Cold War. Okay, so yes, World War Two is what um, Hawkins fought in. Um, fought in Italy, came out with a Purple Heart, was extremely decorated, ended up getting a a really great position in the state department where he um really kind of buddied up with uh Sanders Smith who kind of helped guide him through a lot of the politics and, and then Hawkins really helped kind of elevate Smith who was one of the people on the council with McCarthy cuz a lot of the first section of the show was during the McCarthy era um in in Washington DC right and we can come back to that because there are a couple things I want to point out uh next was it's Jonathan Bailey, his hot ass playing Tim Laughlin. We all know Jonathan Bailey from, you know, he burst onto the screen with Bridgerton. Like the, the secretly hot Jonathan Bailey. Secretly, he was hot then. Well, okay, but in the show, like you, like when you first see him, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. But then, like when you see him, you're like, damn, dude, where were you hiding all of that? 
I love an undercover. I, I love an undercover arm. Yeah, you've you've let you know? the you've let our viewers know that. Yeah, I love an undercover arm. But like Tim is like you know he's like young Catholic gay. He's like a congressional staffer, but he's like you know really idealistic and but a big Republican like ideas. Guy. I'm gonna say a little naive um, yeah. in a way, but he's like you like he drinks milk for dinner. <laughs> Well, no, he drank milk you know? at the bar. So, like, the opening scene is Adam McCarthy. Oh, rally. yeah, he did. That's where I got that. That's and, where I got and, that. And Bomer like he, or, like, asked him, like, what do you want to drink? And he goes, milk. And you're like, you're at a rally. It's midnight. You're ordering milk at the bar? Like, yeah, he had no cookies. Like, he had no cookies. Like, he just drank that milk. Like, straight. Like, <laughs> like oh, he, yeah. he didn't put no, like, he put no cocoa powder in it. Like, Ovaltine. Or, like, he didn't put it in no cereal. Like, he just drank it. Like, I, like to this day, to this day, I don't understand people, like, aside from babies, like, drink a glass, like, drink milk. Like, just drink it. Like, look, look, even Jeremy. the word milk, e- even the word milk, that's the way milk is in your mouth. Like, milk. But, <laughs> like, but Jeremy, okay. like, later on in the show, what? when he gets told to shut up and drink his milk, would you have told that person no? I think it's a skim. <laughs> Is, is it this scam? Almond milk? I'm sorry. I, I'm watching milk? my figure. Is this scam? I'll be like, I'd rather not. Can I just get some water? Can we just fuck? Like, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> Can we um, just fuck? Yeah, right. Uh, next, we have Jelani Aladdin, who plays Marcus Hooks, also gay. No, Marcus Gaines. And Marcus Gaines? Yeah, last name is G-A-I-N-E-S. Where I get hooks from? I don't know. It's Marcus Gaines on IMDb. <laughs> My bad. My bad. You're good. Uh, tell us who he is. Um, he is a author. He's like a journalist. So he was working the Senate beat, which is where he he's was like a, he's like a journalist. <laughs> well, he is a journalist. Okay, let me, let me finish. He's like he. He wants to be an author, right? The you know good old American novel, but he ends up being a journalist most of his life. And ends up teaching towards the end of his life. Um, but he worked prom- prominently for a black newspaper in Washington until he got picked up by the Post um, towards the end of, like, the McCarthy trials and things. Right. Also gay. Yes. And I believe he might have surfaced. I don't know. I still don't remember how. But him and Hawk are, like, really are really good buddies. They probably just met each other at the gay bar and, like, hey, we're friends. Well, and because you know? the, well, the, the, the Senate beat he worked was always in the um, – State House because he was always, you know, writing reports on McCarthy and was at those oh, hearings yeah, yeah. in Smith. So like their past intertwined, and I'm sure he knew he was gay from the club, like you said. Yeah, um, and then we didn't discuss this beforehand because I don't know how deep to go. I I, I, I definitely am going to say, you know, there's also Allison Williams playing Lucy Smith. Uh, Allison Williams of Girls fame, um, you know, and Lucy Smith is. Uh, Senator Smith's daughter and, you know, is eventually, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler, but is eventually, you know, married to Hawk. Yeah, we, we, it won't be a spoiler because we kind of need to talk about the culture of the show and like what was yeah, brought yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if we're, yeah. So then if we're going to bring up Allison Williams, I think the last person is one more. Bring up Noah Ricketts, who plays Frankie Hines. The, uh, the yeah, drag uh, yeah. from, the, from the show or from, from like that's because he was he's she I don't remember what they 
called. Um, but Frankie was in there the majority of the show and was very much the counterpoint um, to crap. What's his name? To Marcus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Frankie was, from what I could tell, doing open drag in some, like do, doing, a, doing it hidden, but also doing like performing in other clubs as well. Well, they were open, so which I found it, which I thought was a little weird, but you know. Well, and here's the thing, if, and this is where I need to figure out because obviously we're talking about the '50s for the majority, of like the first early setting of the show, and it sounded like that based on like some of the things that McCarthy was going through, he was like, "We don't mind that you're queer, we just don't want you in." the government. So it's almost like they kind of were getting rid of the sodomy laws, the ones that would have prevented you from openly being gay, but that they still did raids at gay bars. So I don't know how, like you said, he performed openly at white bars. I think it's like you do it on our terms. I mean, that's the only way to explain it really. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's how it is. Um, I also have to mention someone that I actually really like. It's like an actor. His name is Chris Bauer. Mm-hmm. He actually played Senator Joe McCarthy and, you know, with a lot of, like, prosthetics. And Yes. Uh, Chris Bauer, I've liked since, you know, I've liked him since he, he was in, you know, The Wire. I've liked, I liked him. I loved him on True Blood. He was in Heels. Um, what was he in Heels? He was Wild Bill Hancock. Like, the older oh, guy. Okay. Like... He he's he's in, he was in For All Mankind on Apple TV, which yeah. is playing the like he has been around, and I just had to mention him because I like him as an actor so much. Um, but he plays uh, Senator McCarthy, so you know there's our cast. Yeah. Uh, so when we talk about so plot, this plot is a little weird. Not weird. It's a little sporadic. Weird. I'll put it sporadic. It's wild. Yeah, you you really have to pay attention to what's going on because they'll change decades in some of the later episodes really quick. And the only thing that gives it away it, is like people's hairstyles. Girl, shit wigs anonymous. Like it was like, like uh, shit wigs uh, anonymous. Yes. That's how you do. Like you were like, okay, what hairstyle is this? Oh, there's a mustache. We're obviously in the seventies. Like it, it really was like, I think the hard was like the 50s, 60s, because they, they, their styles didn't really change that much. I think that's where I was like, okay, where are we and what time are we? Yeah. Uh, and then it did feel a little abrupt because I know that they showed, like, I mean, I guess it didn't because they always kind of showed, like, the beginning and then they kind of showed, hey, this is going on at the end. And then they always showed the ending in every episode, but taking us through the 50s through the 80s, I guess, throughout the rest of the show, so it was fine. Um, I honestly didn't know that the whole McCarthy thing was real. Oh, 100% that was real. So, so they pulled the Titanic here. Like, like they, they threw in like a really historic event. Based on real like events. an actual historic event. Yeah. Yes. And then threw in a love story in the middle. Well, and. They pulled a Titanic. Well, so I, I really. I, I'm not complaining. I, I'm just saying that that's how. I'm not, I'm not complaining about that. I'm just saying that's how I, how I just realized. I was like, oh, so this is like a. This is like a Titanic type situation where we took a real event and then added some love. Well, and this is where I want to I want to go read the book or like maybe audiobook this because I want to see if McCarthy and like what they brought in as like realistic like what happened historically is in the book or if that was a lot more like blown out in the in the show. Yeah. Um and I, and honestly to be fair like the, the longer it went on the more it kind of felt like 
the more that like the, the the heavier they got into the whole McCarthy thing, the more I felt like is this even necessary for the story? I feel like it wasn't. I feel like at a certain point it was nice as a precursor, but I think at a certain point it became like almost separate part of the story. And I was like in the whole in Hawkins, um, Hawkins, what the fuck? And Tim like took a back seat to it. I don't know. I, I think I think at a certain point I was like, where? What is the end game for this McCarthy thing? And I was like, I think that was just used as like, as like a, like they really kind of, it was weird because they used this, I think, to kind of say, what is what was happening in the 50s? Which well, is fine. And they really did, but they but, really highlighted like with Roy Cohn up in the 80s, like when he passed away from AIDS or HIV. And like they're like, they're kind of like, I don't know, highlighting the hypocrisy of it was what I got from it because of, you know, McCarthy and Cohn and, whatever Cone's little boy toy was that were all David shine. Yeah. That were all extremely like older gentlemen who were single and not married and people were starting to ask questions. And that was the kind of people they were like targeting. And the, and so it, it really highlighted the hypocrisy of it all. And, and that's why I think they took more time with it personally. But yeah, I, I, I guess I guess that makes sense, but I think that's why I was worried about the timing of everything because they it, it, did spend a lot of time in the fifties, like a yes. lot of time, and then it felt, and then I then I was like, well, maybe they're trying to mark every era with an event because they do they do go through and talk about Harvey Milk who was assassinated in the late seventies. Yes, so I was like, okay, well, obviously that makes sense, and then they, which is still annoying to me, like I don't understand why every gay story has to involve AIDS. Like, I like, like, but they brought AIDS in, in the eighties. So mm-hmm. then to me, I'm like, well, what was the sixties or, or did McCarthy, did the whole McCarthy thing last through the fifties and sixties? Maybe that's why I felt like it took so long. Well, so in the fifties, they went up to, I think when Tim went into the service, like in the army, and I think Tim was in the army for what, two years, three years. So the sixties is when Tim came back and they started doing the, um, what was the uh, the nationality of the refugees? I don't remember. But that's where I think they cut out a big portion of that because that's when Hawk really went and backstabbed Tim. So the whole relationship between them really was non-existent from that point on. Um, I think it might have been German ref- refugees, maybe? Possibly. But that's, I think because of the fact that he backstabbed him, that's why nothing really happened up until... Um, when Tim became a felon and then Tim was put yeah, away just, in like for a while, which is so the the fact that like they really had gaps in time, like around when they weren't around each other. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think, it's, I think, it's, I mean, I get that, but it like the, it just felt, it felt weird that they, and this is, and maybe I, I could have missed it. It felt where they're, they're marking each like decade with something. And the sixties was like the one where I felt like, they didn't. Well, but I think it's because they were not together. Like they were together I mean, the least at that point. Like they. Well, they, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I guess they could say anti-war protester. And I think that's where it felt, I think that's where it felt uneven. Like, like I feel like they could have. Well, there was always could've... a war. It, it, that's where, like, there was always like a war that they were involved in. I guess he's in the government, like Hawkins in the you know State Department, so he's always going to be around it. Well, not the seventies, but I, I, I guess I just wish that they would have. I understand they were together, but why, why didn't we get to see those pieces of their lives when they were together? Because out of eight episodes, 
five, we fit five of them in the fifties. Majority of them in the fifties. Yes. We fit five of them in the fifties and it like, and then we actually go back to the fifties for episode eight, you know, like when oh, we, we yeah. end up going back there and it's like, so I, maybe that's why I felt like the whole McCarthy thing took over the show and then for it not to be in like, Episode six, seven, and eight. It, it, I, I think that's where I felt like that's where I start to lose. That's where I start to lose it a little bit because I was like, "Wait, what time are we in now? We're in the sixties. Okay, what's going on? Okay." And then the next episode was, "Now we're in the seventies. Wait, what?" Like I was like, "Okay, well, hold on, wait a minute." So it just it felt like we were moving very slowly. Yes, it's, it, it was weird that we spent ten years. We spent five episodes on ten years, and then we spent two. And it was another 10 years. Like, it was just weird to me. I mean, that, that's not that's either here or there. I, I'm not trying to dwell on that. But that was just, you know, my well, thought I mean, there. if Tim was but locked up for 12 years, what, like they said, then he was gone for 10 years. Yeah, but you still could have, like, I think you could have evened it out. But if not, I'm not going to die on this hill. So it's not. Well, really I will say good. that I think episode six, when Tim came back and he was on, like, being prosecuted for um, stealing the draft cards and burning them as a protest. Uh, mm-hmm. that was the one that really, really solidified for me that if you're not paying attention to the show, you don't know what era you're in because it went very quickly to be like, oh, it went to his wife who was cheating on, you know, Hawk's wife cheating on him at the, um, party they were throwing. But then you went back and you like randomly had them fixing up the, the house out there and him flirting with the carpenter and her going, well, give me a baby. And I'm like, but wait, don't you already have two kids? Like, it, it took me yeah. a minute to realize what was really going on there. That's what I was saying. It felt rushed toward the end. It felt like they were yeah. trying to cram too much stuff in. They, they really they really lingered on that McCarthy stuff. But this is, I mean, one of the bigger one of the bigger things that was in this show was obviously the whole, the, the whole gay aspect. But really in the 50s, like, they were... It really showed that they're, 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 if you worked in the State Department or if you worked in the government and you were gay, like, they were questioning people. Like, they were literally, like, doing polygraphs and going through your personal life. And if you were gay, they were, like, firing you and, I want to say, sending you to prison. No, I don't think they were because the one who was dating um, Hawk's assistant, the, the lesbians, like, I think she yeah, just yeah. got let go. Yeah, like, there are five people who are being gay. But like, it, putting you through, like, this whole process of questioning, coming to your house for visits, like, it was a lot. That's that's what got me, and this is where the, per, the, like, the persecution, like, I didn't realize if this is really what it was like during the McCarthy era. This is the really fucked up part to me, is not the fact that they, like, had just cause. It was anybody could finger anybody. <laughs> Dirty. <coughs> and, like, go, oh, I think he's gay. Or, like, the one who was Hawk's um, assistant's girlfriend. Uh some guy, because she turned him down for dates so much, he thought she was gay and turned her in. But like you said, then like the FBI came and they were like, oh, well, there's only one bed and it's really slept in on both sides. Like, why would you be that way if you weren't sleeping together, blah, blah, blah. And then um, one of Hawk's assistants put him up as being possibly gay. And then like they had him come in and the test they gave him were like, read this passage and we'll see if you sound gay. Walk across the room, and we'll see if your walk looks gay. Yeah, like really wild. Just like that's the fucked up part to me because it's just so out there, and the fact you can just determine that based. I mean, the polygraph is probably more like solid answer of some of these questions, but honestly, like okay, I have a little bit of a swing. Like I'm sorry, you would have failed that test in a heartbeat with the walking one. <laughs> 
I'm, uh, I'm black. They already hate me, so they, they probably wouldn't even care because I'm black. They'd probably be like, "Whatever, we don't we don't we don't know him anyway." But um, but yeah, and and then let's not. Well, obviously, the, the big part of this is like, is Hawk is like, is I don't want to say he's a ladies' man, but he's a man's man. Like you know, well, he's both. Yes. Like the women want him, the men want him. Yes. He is. He is like he is very adamant about like hiding his life. For, for a good reason, you know, like it's like, oh, yeah, he, he worked with he, he can't. I mean, in the 50s, it was like, you know, whatever, you know, they were raiding and, and arresting people for going to gay bars and stuff like that. Like, so he was, I mean, this, this dude, this, this dude fucks, Hawk fucks. I mean, everything he talks um, to people, he's like, as long as I can try to keep it to someone new every time, I'm happy. Like, like he gets, yeah, the, he gets around, yeah, and then Tim's. Tim's thing was like he was really trying. He was really wrestling with his homosexuality and his faith. Mm-hmm. So that was a good portion of the show of really trying to reconcile. You know, I'm a Catholic. I believe in God, but how does that fit in with my homosexual tendencies? You know, so yes. we see him going to confession a few times and stuff like that. And I mean, and they really kind of like grow to really, really, you know, in a way they they they're kind of my my brain went star crossed lovers in a way. A little, you know, yeah. Where the timing was never really right, either because, either because Hawk was being stupid, Hawk was whatever, or because Tim was out here doing this or something like that. But somehow they kind of always found each other in a way, you know. Well, and that's where like the description I've read earlier, where they talk about being closeted. Yes, I think Hawk was closeted because he needed to be because of the era and what yeah. he grew up in, where Tim wanted to be open and in the future, like the eighties era tim admits he's now out he's been out to his family he feels like he's he can be himself he can be free so like he wasn't closeted the whole show but he was for a majority of it because again you really had to be back then and also like and 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 also i I think that hawk was kind of guiding him in that way like he was like dude you need to chill the fuck out well, because like, they know everybody really like for some reason everyone quickly picked up that the two of them were together a lot, and if one of your friends is gay, then it, you know people start asking questions. Well, it's not. It, it, it's not. Yes, it, 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 it's like that because like with, with his secretary, with Hawk's secretary, because her and her brother like lived together, it was like because you're, you're almost guilty by association, mm-hmm. and you know she had to she chose to like to save her own ass yeah. and say. I didn't know that. Was, I didn't know she was doing all that bullshit. I had no idea. Like she completely like saved her own ass in, in that regard. And because Tim and the secretary hung out once, he was like, they're, they're, at this point, they're connecting dots to everybody. So you have got to now distance yourself from this. Like it was a, it was a whole ordeal. Yes. In this show in the fifties, which, which 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 was which was pretty uh pretty wild to me. Well, uh, what was your favorite era? Who, um. I have to admit, I probably really liked the Fire Island one just because it was the most relaxed and kind of like I mean, what I'm used to with like gay culture nowadays with like hanging out with you and people. Like the other ones being so like escalated and revved up with the mentality of people towards gay people. Like it just, I don't know. It, it's very, it, it sits really weird with me on those. I was a little this, this jealous boyfriend in the in the you're not even a boyfriend you just you just a boy toy. No, like he's in the seventies. I was the like, boy toy like, and the drug dealer. He was so jealous. I was like, he is jealous. Tim, Tim came walking in like, mm, 
And he was like, whatever, this boy. And then he tried to, and then he, he, he uh, remember he uh, convinced Octolet to leave, leave him there? Uh, he like, told he me you jealous. left with somebody. Like, he, was, he was like, no, he lied to you because he wants you to himself because he's jealous. Like, I was like, okay, here we go. Here we, I was like, it took I, a long time listening to the gay drama. It, I, it was I will say, like, to get some real gay drama. I, I applaud, though, Hawk's instantaneous, like, I'm going to make the best of the situation and what he did with it. Exactly. I will. Exactly. I will applaud like, that. I'm like, like he's like, like, oh, ha, 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 you're both mad at each other. Let's all start making out. Like, what? Right. <laughs> um. So, who do you think our pay of the week is? I'm gonna say for me, and if you want to do a double like partner one, I'm fine with that. But I really liked Tim the whole way through. I did too. I thought he was like I, I think John I think Jonathan Bailey like really did a good job of like being this tortured man. I mean, n- not not to discount Matt Bomer. I actually I actually really enjoyed present day. When I say present, I mean like the eighties Hawks. Yes, and his acting. I I, pre- I think his acting really started really shown in that era. Um, but I really enjoyed Jonathan Bailey the, the whole time. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. He was my favorite character. Even like I said, even though he was like tortured and had to kind of like the ups and downs and probably the worst luck of any character, really. But that you know, I, he really sold it. Even him in the late episodes of the eighties when he was making a stand for what he believed in, like even him at that point, he sold it to me. Yeah. Plus he was. I will say I don't know why, but the Fire Island one where he walked in with like the hair and the mustache, I cracked up. So I didn't hard. like that hair. I didn't like that hair. The mustache worked, I but the he, hair I was like, really? Uh, no, the mustache. Really? The mustache, worked. The mustache um, wasn't bad. Seven out, seven out of eight episodes had vicious butt sex in it, and you're welcome. Like aggressive. There, there was. There was some foot worship. There was um, some like Hawk is like I'm gonna call you Skippy. I'm like like the peanut butter. Well, I, no, I don't think I like that nickname. Can you just come up? No, I'm calling you Skippy. I mean, it wouldn't be what I would choose. Can we go with something like cooler? Like, can't you call me like like you know my name is Tim. You can call me Timothy or or Timmy. I don't know like T or T L. But, yeah, but Skippy. Well, the fact that he called him Hawk. Skippy his entire life. I was waiting. I actually think it would have been a really poignant moment if um, if he would have like said Tim at some point, and I'd be like, "Oh, he's serious." Like, I think that would have been cool, but you know, I didn't write the book. Yeah. Um. So, since I started the conversation in the Bay of the Week, do you think this show is a watch or not? Our final one of the year. I'm surprisingly going to say yes, a watch as unaware of what this was having never heard about the book read the book seen any tidbits about it before going in only knowing it was matt bomer really as like the main character um i actually learned (laughs) in between all of the sex scenes (laughs) a couple things about how life used to be which is a weird way to say it but like it, it was i mean it wasn't like poignant like yes the things they were highlighting have gotten better a little bit not a lot but it's changed some but like 
I don't know. I like I've been on a very historical like this year. Like all the ones who like show me how errors used to be, the ones like I never lived through. I've enjoyed those stories more. So I'm gonna say as a watch. Yeah, I agree. I think it was. I think these two guys were were, were powerhouse um, acting duo. I think that all. I, I think every single person in this in this cast like pulled their weight. I. I um, I mean, it helps the that these two guys are like really attractive, like dudes, and you know, and everything. I I, I, I have I, I have one complaint, mm. and it really is like I feel like, and I feel like someone has said this before, not about this show, but just in general. Like, I really just hate that every like 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 I feel like ninety eight percent of gay stories have some kind of disease tragedy in it, and I'm like, can, you can, said can that this episode. <laughs> Well, I know, but like I feel like that's it, it, it's like I don't I don't think I don't need everything to be a happy ending, but it always feels like AIDS is like the end all be all for a lot of shit, and I'm yeah. like it doesn't have to be that. Like I don't understand why that is always used as like this 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 emotional blackmail of of someone dying. Like it could have been like it could have been cancer, it could have been you know it could have been kidney failure, but it took but it had to be AIDS because it was during the eighties. That's when AIDS was like it was like. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that part served the story very well. Like, like I would have felt the same. I would have felt even more. It actually took me out of it. That it was. I was like, oh, groan. I was like, if 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 somebody had like, like I just had kidney cancer or something. I, I think I, I think you well, get the same emotional effect without it being like tied to AIDS. But and here's my here's my straight cis view on this. It fit like the culture, the era, the place they were living. Like that's what it was that was hitting that you know, demographic, it fits. But it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't, it doesn't have, have to be. be I agree. It doesn't I, have I, to I be. Find, I, find it, I find it to be a little, I don't want to say the word lazy because kind of it's cop not out. lazy, but I'm, I'm like, it, yeah, it, 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 it's, not, it's, not like, it's not an inspired choice, I guess would be my, would be my thought. It, you know, but regardless of that, I still think the show is, was, was very well done. Yes. It was really, really cool. And I, I, I really enjoyed it. Loved all of Allison Williams' hairstyles. Like, come on. Well, I will say um, the one thing that really sold it for me is the fact that the two main characters were actually portrayed by gay men. Yes, exactly. That is very, very. That is a very good point to call out. Like, I, I love. I, I can't believe I didn't even think about that. To be fair, like, like, like is, this could have actually happened to both. Like, the, like this could have been their story. I mean, like that's a really weird to say that, but like, I like that they used and actually casted two gay men to play two gay men. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, if I'm correct, um, I believe that uh, Jelani Aladdin might be gay as well. I didn't look him up. I looked up um, Jonathan. I knew Matt Bomer was. I'm assuming the actor who played Frankie is. That's probably an extremely. Look at you trying to trying to trying to. Why are you trying to categorize folks? I, I was gonna say that that's probably Sorry. a bad thing. I probably should have confirmed. Uh, but I did not look um, up yeah. any of those. Yes. Yeah, but I think that they are. So, so if they all are, that that's that's, that's even that's even more telling. It's like it was like the four main gay characters are played by four gay people, which yeah. even if it's not the case, I mean, it was, still, it was, it was really cool. It really brought some uh, like realism for me into the show. Like you could tell they weren't 
making themselves act to enjoy what was going like like they this is their natural who they are kind of like vibe yeah and and, to be, and, and confirmed uh no ricketts who played frankie is openly gay okay um uh i'm not sure about uh jelani aladdin okay good to know but yeah still super duper like so cool and thank you for for, for noticing that because i mean I, I could say that but i fully forgot um cool well you guys last show of the year i know it we, feels kind of like quick and abrupt like i feel like we didn't really do much but we've done so many episodes this year right exactly um we are taking a four-week break so our first episode back will be exactly four from now so january 15th mm-hmm. and again we'll do bi-weekly and we might do some, you know, little cute things in the middle there. So we might release something in the middle, you know, whatever. But we're calling 2023 a wrap. I must be like, whew, about time. <laughs> uh, I, I know, right? Um, it's uh, It's been a year. We, but we, next we, year, yeah. we'll be better. We come back refreshed. Exactly. Um, so... You know what? You guys have an amazing holiday season, an amazing New Year, and we will catch up with you all on the flip side. (laughs) (laughs) That was stupid. See you all next year. Gross. (laughs) Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Watch or Not with Jay and MJ. Interact and give us suggestions on what to watch at watchornotpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchornot underscore pod. And don't forget about Instagram, you guys, at watchornotpod. Don't forget you can support the pod by joining our Patreon at watchornot with J and MJ. And subscribe and leave a review wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Talk to you soon.